Hello everyone, this is Dr. Zom, and um, I just thought I would get on here and uh, do a little show, maybe. Um, <clears throat> as usual, don't have a lot prepared or anything, I just took Mary for a walk on the trail. Uh, it rained just enough to break this crappy humidity, and so all the bugs were are... Uh, down, I guess. They're not just floating in the air, so you have to walk through uh, swarms of gnats, or whatever the hell they are. Gnats. Um, and so we just went for a short walk, and um, it's still really humid out. By the time we got back, she was um, panting, and her tongue was... She needed... Uh, we didn't even go very far. I mean, we don't... Maybe even 15 minutes. Um, and, um, I was starting to sweat, so I decided to, it was time to call it a day, as far as that goes, and to come back and podcast. Um, I saw, I'm just gonna, you know, kind of scroll through what's going on on the, uh, Facebook groups and stuff, and, uh, comment, I guess. Uh, I did see a trailer that I thought looked really good. Get my chair set up here good. Um, for uh, a Bob Marley biopic, Bob Marley, One Love, and I thought it looked really good. Um, you know, there's a lot uh, to his life and, um, you know, what was going on politically at the time in Jamaica, man. And um, so anyway, I'm really curious. I, I would like to see this one and uh, hopefully I'll get a, ch a chance to. I'm not sure... Um, if it's, let me see if I can see who's putting it out and everything here real quick. Mon. <laughs> You're so silly, Dr. Sam. So silly. Let's see. Oh, you want to start? From the beginning. Paramount. Reggae is a people music. People coming together. Ooh, yeah. You know you're a superstar. Right. I'm a superstar. I wanna join it with you. We can do it anyhow. Well, I'm gonna let's see, when does it does it say when it's coming out? Hits theaters January 12th, 2024. That's not that far away. Um, so I'm curious to see that. I think it, that it does look really good. I guess it's going to be in theaters. Um, I was just want my, the main thing I wanted to check and see if it was like a Netflix movie or something like that. Not that that would be horrible, but, uh, you know, uh, as far as telling people where and when they can watch it and yada yada and whatnot and so forth and blah 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 um i watched Step Brothers, not by choice uh the other day on fourth of july um you know it's one of those deals where everybody has their own taste and everything in especially in comedy and um i have seen this movie before and um yeah the second viewing it was just about as bad as I was just sitting there thinking, you know, how much of this is just these two jugheads, you know, ad-libbing and trying to be funny. And they probably shot like a fucking, uh, you know, six months of, of footage and then just kind of tried to cut it down to what they thought was funny. Anyway, it's not my thing. I'm not a fan of that movie. I don't. I don't mind Will Ferrell in small doses, like in guest appearances in, say, uh, Wedding Crashers or something like that. But gen or um, yeah, Wedding Crashers, and then uh, the one about the um, the fraternity. Um, you know, it, it, but sometimes he just it, I don't find him that funny, and he gets on my nerves after a while. Uh, I like John C. Riley as an actor, and and have I like him in several movies. But uh, again, this one I just uh, I just wanted to groan, groan. Mm. Um, 
Let's see what else we got here. Team America. That's a movie that I think is funny. See, you know, I, I have a sense of humor. I have not seen that in a long time, but uh, there is lots of stuff in that that just crack me fucking the fuck, crack me the fucking fuck up. Uh, Brian watched uh, Highway Dragnet, starring Richard Conte and Joan Bennett and Wanda Hendricks. Um, I'm not sure if I've seen this one or not. Maybe you'll see. Shock after shock in Manhunt, in Manhunt for Las Vegas thriller thrill killer. Um, I like the movie poster, and I, I usually like Richard Conte in uh, the movies that he's in because he talks like this very very fast. Like a typewriter. You know, every, I expect at the end of every sentence, there's a, like he's sliding the thing back on the typewriter. And a typewriter is something that they used to have before computers. So for you people who don't know what a typewriter is. Um, I like those old, uh, um, you know, uh, noir and old crime uh, thrillers from back in the day. Uh, the old black and whites and stuff. I, I love going back and watching those. So I need to make a uh, note to maybe check that one out. Again, it might be one that I've already seen because there's times where I'll go on binges watching, watching those. Uh, RoboCop three, he's back to lay down the law. He's back to lay down a shitty movie. I hated that fucking movie. Um, let me see here something. Well, first of all, it didn't have Peter Weller in it, and um, that Robert John Burke, I have seen him in in lots of things since then, and I like him. Uh, as an actor, uh, a lot, uh, but I that movie was just garbage. I mean, it was low budget, the um, special effects, and uh, you know, green screen stuff and stuff like that was just awful. Um, the jetpack, it's not even just. I mean, it it just it looked bad. It looked like it should have been on like on TV, like if they were going to do a a RoboCop. Uh, you know, TV show back then. Uh, and it just wasn't that good. I mean, the first one was just brilliant. I loved it, of course. Second one, I didn't, I don't remember. I I remember being kind of disappointed in it uh, because it wasn't as good as the first one, which was, was like a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, but I, I may revisit the second one, um, but I just, again, I don't remember it being very good. And then, of course, there was, well, I guess they did do a RoboCop uh, TV series with Richard Eden and Yvette Nipar in 1994. I'm sure it did not last. Let me see how long it lasted. Uh, Alex Murphy. Let's see here. Got a 5.5 out of 10. Actually, that's better than I would have thought. Oh, okay, wait a minute. This is a six. This is a rating for a six disc box set the complete complete series okay over 16 hours because i was thinking it was saying that peter it's showing the trailer for the original robocop that's that's what screwed me up there so this is the series but it it rates better than i thought it would if it's if it's uh average uh richard eden what else was he in he plays murph alex murphy let me see let me bring his picture up daddy Love is strong, but you're so sweet. You make me hard. You make me weak. Your love is strong. <laughs> you're so sweet. Uh, we got in a little funny argument, I guess. I thought it was funny, but I think my sister was getting irritated over um, whether some event took place going to see a Rod Stewart concert or going to see uh, the Rolling Stones when we went to see them, uh, the Steel Wheels tour. Um, my other sister backed me up, but now in retrospect, I think, you know, of course we went to see both concerts, but um, I think my one sister did not go to see Rod Stewart. And um, so I was getting the, the incident that happened mixed up. And uh, that probably did take place going to the Stones concert. And because um, I was asking my older sister today about, um, you know, about that. And I said, I think that maybe it was just her and me and my ex-girlfriend went to see Rod Stewart. 
and there was a snowstorm and this and that, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, let's see, what else was this guy in? Was it just TV stuff? Probably just TV stuff. TV, 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 Woman Wanted. I don't know what that is. Good. Total Recall 2070. They had a Total Recall TV series too? Okay, he was in that. Uh, okay, there's RoboCop 94. Shoot Fighter, Fight to the Death. Silk Stockings, that's one of those, uh, I think, HBO kind of dirty series or uh, erotic thriller series, maybe. Tarzan. Da, da, da. I'm not so well. Okay, there's Tales from the Crook TV series again. He must have just did a lot of TV series stuff. I don't really see him in any, just a couple of movies, and I don't know what they are. So anyway, the RoboCop series, I did not watch it. So I, I really can't. Uh, it had Cliff D. Young in it. I remember him. I think he was in that TV series that when he was really young based on the song uh, that John Denver did, Sunshine. And I think this, the thing was called, the show was called Sunshine, and his wife had cancer. I believe that was a long, long time ago. I'm going way, way from memory. When was that? Cliff D. Young. Let's see. Check out old Cliff Clifford. He's old now. He was a young man back then. Snorty snort. Let's see. Scroll back, Daddy-O. Okay, he was on Young and Restless, but that was 2007. I don't even remember him on there. Alias with Jennifer Garner from West Virginia. Uh, let's see. If I had a wish that I could wish for you. Sunshine was 1975, 13 episodes. Okay. And he was also on Marcus Welby, MD. Okay, Sunshine the movie. So there was a movie, Sunshine, or TV movie. That was probably like a tr- the, the uh, pilot. And then they turned it into a series. I'd make a wish. Let's see. When a young woman who is living in the woods with her struggling musician husband and her young daughter discovers she has terminal cancer, she begins to tape record a journal of the life she has left, hoping to leave something precious for her daughter. Oh, that's nice. You know, I love that song. Everybody that knows me knows I love John Denver. So, I mean, you know, some of you probably think I'm a big nerd. Because I listened to John Denver and Engelbert Rumperdink and Neil Diamond and Tom Jones and all this old music. But, uh, you know, I grew up listening to that stuff when I was a little kid from my family and uh, cousins. And, you know, let's see. He was also in Blue Collar with um, um, Richard Pryor. Cliff D. Young. Centennial. That was good with Robert Conrad. And, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Frag. Uh, Richard Chamberlain and Barbara Carrera. Pasquinel. That was a good uh, miniseries. I'll go back and watch that. I, usually when I would watch that, I would just watch the... I was a huge Robert Conrad fan from um, uh, his days as Jim West on Wild Wild West and then as uh, Pappy Boyington on Baba Black Sheep uh, and then a lot of you know movies and stuff, Martha Surf and things like that. Um, and... Um, but I would watch the part about Pasquinel because I liked uh, the whole uh, mountain man thing back in the day and then wouldn't watch the rest of it. So let's see. Uh, what else was uh, Cliff D. Young in? Shock Treatment. I don't know what that is. Let's check it out. Daddy, 1981. I remember the Ramones had a song called Shock Treatment. Uh, Jessica Harper, Cliff D. Young, and Richard O'Brien. Janet and Brad become contestants on a game show and wind up at, as its captives. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Uh, from the creators of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, let me, let's check this out for a second. Is it a musical? I think it is. Open your heart to a smooth operator. He'll take you for all that you've got. Well, is that uh, Karen Allen? Curse, it'll be with you later. It'll shake you the way he takes off. Like a shot. You need to beat him. 
this on for and I, I just for I don't know I want to pass this on to Emily because I think she would appreciate this if she hasn't seen it already um, let's see here I'm sorry I'm just seeing if there's anybody else in it that I know uh, no well okay Charles Gray I've seen him in a lot of stuff he was what else was he in he, did he play Blofeld or he was in a James Bond movie let's see let me check y'all Okay, he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, you only live twice. Okay, yeah, he was in, and yeah, he played Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever. Okay, so I knew that. I knew I knew that evil face, uh, Blofeld. I Blofeld has many faces, but I know them all. I saw something on Facebook the other day. People were asking what um, a question. What if you could uh, change anything about the movie Spectre? Why, you know, why did they think it flaw or it wasn't as well received and um, what they would change about it? And I felt the same way as a lot of people. I did not like that they made um, the Christoph Waltz character. Uh, I don't mind them making him Blofeld, but I just didn't like it that um, they had that kind of family ties with Bond. Uh, I, I really hated that. I thought that that was just like a, in wrestling, what they would, you know, like a, a hot shotting of a story to to put something in there to shock everybody. But, you know, it was like, give me a break. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Terry Talks Movies, 11 classic movies that start with epic and surprising sequences. OK, I haven't watched that one yet, so I'll have to after I get off here, I'll have to check it out. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Charles Bronson in 10 to Midnight. Okay, um, that is a big, a big old favorite of uh, my sister and I. Um, because we laughed a lot about um, um, Gene Davis. Uh, he's good as a creepy villain guy, but he's also a very naked creepy villain guy. And he likes to run with his balls and his uh, limp pecker uh, kind of flopping around. <coughs> and I th isn't this, is this the one or is it Kinjite? Is this the one where um, um, Charles Bronson finds his like, uh, um, I guess it would be a 1983 version of a, um, what do they call that thing? Like a fleshlight and it was real dirty. It was like gray and it's supposed to be like pink colored, but it looked like it was hooked up to a hair dryer or they used to have a, an electric knife. Uh, like my grandma and all these people back in the day when they would have these appliances and any new electric appliance. And it was like, a, it almost looked like a dirt devil, but it, or, or like a, um, a, uh, what was it be a sawzall or a reciprocator saw? except it was like an electric knife to cut like your honey ham and shit like that is basically what it was. It was like a Sawzall, <laughs> but that's what, um, what's his name's, um, what was his name in this movie? Gene Davis, Warren Stacy. Uh, that's what his, um, his fleshlight, um, pocket pussy or whatever it was looked like. And Charles Bronson, I want, I bet you five bucks. They had to reshoot that scene several times. I can't even imagine a stone faced, as Charles Bronson is, that he did not crack up laughing in that scene. Plus, they made it the the, um, the whatchamacallit, the um, the prop people on this movie had to have had a fucking time with this because they purposefully made the thing look dirty. Like, like a car mechanic had just changed out a transmission and he was so happy that he went and grabbed his 1983 um, fucking uh, electric knife, dirt devil uh, fleshlight, wrapped his two big greasy mitts around it and was like, you know, fucking going to town because this thing looked dirty. 
Uh, Kelly Preston is in this, and I was always uh, 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 I'm not amazed, but uh, an admirer of her beauty, uh, especially after um, Mischief. She was Kelly Preston was like the total package. Um, she was John Travolta's beard for you know many many years, uh, and um, but she was named not Kelly Preston. It was Kelly Palzis, P A L Z I S. So that must have been before she changed her name to Preston to become after she became famous. Wilfred Brimley with the diabetes is in this also, and Lisa. Eilbacher. She was a cutie too. She was, uh, was she Charles Bronson's daughter in this or was she Charles Bronson's partner? I don't remember. Let me, let me see. Juan Stacy. Juan, you've got two choices. Take that the devil and check off. Or I'll give you a mustache ride. Juan Charles Bronson talked funny and he lived in the United States. I mean, they may have came over from like Poland or Silesia or whatever when he was a little kid, but he's another one like Arnold. Arnold lived here for so long. I'm sure that that, you know, look at Mel Gibson. I mean, Christ, he's lived in, you know, over here long enough that he his uh, he probably has to put on an accent uh, because his old accent has went away. I don't know. Who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? Boo. That girl was cute, though. Warren Stacy was after her. He was gonna grab her. Yeah, okay. She must have, she was, Bronson was Leo Kessler, and she was Lori Kessler. So I think that she was his daughter. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis, who was Juliet Lewis's father, who was in a lot of uh, Clint Eastwood movies. He got shit whipped out of him in uh, High Plains Drifter and uh, and uh, set beside them or orangutan uh, in Every Which Way But Loose. Also, he was in uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot with uh, Jeff Bridges and Clint. So, I mean, you know, him and uh, Clint must have either liked him or trusted him or thought he was a good actor, which he was. He was a very good actor, I think. But he didn't have big boobies like Kelly Preston. And neither did Juliet Lewis. I don't know why I brought that up. I want to see that Oppenheimer movie. I think that looks good. So that might be uh, one that I will go to the theater to check out. Again, as I've said before on here, there's uh, it's going to take a lot to get me into the theater these days. I started watching uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I watched the first two episodes of it and really, really, really like it. Um um, so I'm going to continue watching that. I like the cast. Uh, I think it's um, kind of true to how the original series was. It does have some humor in it. And uh, they do, you know, kind of explore uh, the different characters. Um, so anyway, and I like Anson Mount. Mount? And he plays Christopher Pike. And uh, kind of liking so far how they're dealing with... Uh, if you watch the original series, of course, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, about Jeffrey Hunter's character of Christopher Pike and what happened to him. Uh, I was kind of uh, wondering how they were going to deal with that. But uh, so I like what they're doing so far and how they're doing it and uh, the possibilities. So uh, I definitely want to keep watching that. It's, it's very, very good. Uh, it is on, I think it's on Pluto. Uh, Pluto free streaming. So, uh, and you can watch it on the, um, uh, the in demand, uh, one, which has all the episodes. And of course it does have commercials, but if you watch it on TV, it usually probably have commercials anyway. So I don't, I, again, I don't care about commercials as if, as long as it's cheaper. Uh, we lost Alan Arkin, uh, who was a, I was a big favorite of, um, and I don't want to say it's not surprising, but I mean, when, some of the actors and, and sports people and, you know, political, whatever, you know, famous people uh, that we know and they're getting up into their 90, 80s and 90s, you know. Um, but let's see, Alan Arkin. I mean, there was so much stuff that he was in, but um, several that are, let, let me look here. Of course, Catch-22 was a 
a favorite of mine that he was in. Let's go down the list. Bow, bow. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow. Rip Van Winkle, Rip Van Winkle. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Uh, the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming from 1966 is an old favorite from when I was a little kid. Um, and um, I has um, John Philip Law. And it has. it's one of those ones back in the day, kind of like a, it's a mad, mad, mad world. Uh, an all-star cast of comedians and famous actors and things like that. <coughs> you have Carl Reiner. Father of <laughs> Rob Reiner, Meathead from um, uh, All in the Family, and a very good director. Eva Marie Saint, who I always like, uh, and uh, especially liked her in On the Waterfront. Alan Arkin, of course. Uh, Brian Keith, uh, liked him. Uh, Nevada Smith with Steve McQueen. And also he was Uncle Bill on uh, the TV show Family Affair. Always good on that, you know, really good. Uh, Jonathan Winters, speaking of It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. Uh, Paul Ford, let's see who else we got here. John Philip Law, I'm a big fan of John Philip Law. He was the handsome guy from the uh, Russian submarine in this that uh, had all the ladies swooning, even though he could speak not a lot of English. The Heart is the Lonely Hunter. Uh, that was the one. That everybody talks about, you know, talk shit on Sandra Locke. Uh, and, um, you know, because, of course, they'll say, well, you know, she wrote on Clint Eastwood's uh, coattails um, all those years. But, you know, because they were they were a couple and she, she would only once they became a couple, she would only work in his movies, I believe. I think that was something that he wanted. And uh, but um uh, Sandra Locke uh, won an Oscar for The Heart is the Lonely Hunter from 1968, which starred her and Alan Arkin. When a deaf mute singer moves to a new town to be, uh, to be near his hospitalized friend, he makes an indelible impression on the lives of those around him. So anyway, uh, let's see who else was in The Heart is the Lonely I, I can't remember if I've seen this or not. It just always amazed me. Because I had, you know, in growing up, we always thought, oh, God, Sandra Locke, you know, she's in all these Clint Eastwood movies and she had Martha shit and blah, 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 blah. Or, but apparently she was worth a shit because she got, uh, uh, oh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Oscar nominated for her sensitive portrayal in um, Heart is a Lonely Hunter. So she didn't win the Oscar, but she got uh, nominated. So that, I mean, still, that's pretty, pretty good. Uh, let's see. She, I guess she's still around. She's born in, no, 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 no. She died in 2018. Uh, cardiac arrest and was born in 1944. Hmm. I, it's one of those ones that I'm sure that I knew and I just forgot that she had passed. So Clint outlasted her. Sandra Loke. I just couldn't. One of the things that uh, we always talked about her was when she tried to sing and um, every which way but loose and uh, any which way you can. And Clint and all the guys in the movie, including William Smith in any which way you can, were like goo goo gaga over her when she would get up there and sing. And she couldn't sing worth shit. She was like, I seek the night. When I rest my head on your weary bed and to dream alone. What's a girl to doubt? What's a girl to doubt? I don't know what a girl was to doubt, but she couldn't sing. And she was 74, so I mean, you know, let's see what it says here about her her passing. Relationships with Clint. She and Clint, uh, I don't think, uh, got along after they split up. She's, I think she said that... Uh, he uh, pretty much blackballed her after that. She couldn't even get any work. So I think she sued him, and I believe she won. Uh, let's see. So she didn't have to work after that. Let's see. Locke, she had cardiac arrest related to... Okay, I thought when I saw that she had passed that she had passed from cancer. It says cardiac arrest related to breast and bone cancer. Okay, so yeah, that's what I wanted to check. Uh, Locke bequeathed... Uh, to ashes were given to her widower. Okay, so it was her, her husband. Uh, a fortune of $20 million. 
Okay, there you go. That's pretty good. Let's see. Locke's death was kept a secret. Uh, broke the news the day Eastwood's latest film, The Mule, opened in theaters. Let's see if he said anything about it. It's not clear why it took six weeks to come to light. Uh, Locke's death received no television coverage for, except for a 15-second spot on ABC's World News Tonight. Eastwood did not comment on her death, nor any of Locke's other living exes did, um, uh, nor any of her friends or relatives. Co-stars Richard Dreyfuss, Cicely Tyson, Louis Anderson, Sally Kellerman, Stacey Keach, and Ted Neely uh, were equally silent. So, I mean, you know, who knows? I don't know why. I mean, if that's good or bad, maybe that was her wishes, or maybe... You know, they, I don't know. It just seems kind of odd. But she did kind of fall off the, uh, let's see, what's this fraud lawsuit? Between 1990 and 93, rejected more than 30 scripts. Uh, Warner Brothers rejected more than 30 scripts that Locke pitched to the studio, including those for Junior, uh, which uh, looks like that's the one with uh, uh, Arnold and Danny DeVito. Uh, addicted to Love, that looks like Meg Ryan... Matthew Broderick, Kelly Preston, who we were just talking about, and refused to let her direct any of their in-house projects. When her contract had yielded zero directing assignments three years in, Locke became convinced uh, the deal was a sham. She began to seek corroboration. Let's see what else here. Locke contended that the money Warner Brothers pretended they were paying her came from Eastwood's pocket and was laundering through uh, the operation budget for un Unforgiven. Uh, she sued him again uh, for fraud and breach of judiciary duty. According to Locke's attorney, uh, Eastwood committed the ultimate betrayal by arranging the bogus deal as a way to keep her out of work. Garrity added that Eastwood had held out the allegedly counterfeit deal like a dangling carrot to persuade Locke to drop her early palimony suit uh, Locke said that she was stunned and outraged at the way she had been tricked and cheated a second time. So apparently, like Lee Marvin's uh, significant other, she was going to file a palimony suit against Clint. And so they settled out of court, and it looks like that uh, it, he got her a deal with Warner Brothers. And then the whole thing was that... Um, they were never going to have let her work again, and she was. They were suspecting that Clint was just paying her uh, through Warner Brothers to so that the she would drop her lawsuit. The case went to trial in '96. One juror disclosed that the panel sided with Locke by a ten to two vote. Nine votes are needed for a verdict, and we're only debating the amount before any court decision could be made. Locke settled the case with Eastwood for an undisclosed amount of money. The outcome, Locke said, sent a loud and clear message to Hollywood that people cannot get away with whatever uh, just because they are powerful. So that's kind of shit. She probably would have even got more because they were going to vote in her favor anyway. Uh, let's see. According to Locke, in this business, people just get so accustomed to being abused that they accept the abuse and said, well, that's just the way it is, isn't it? Uh, for his part, uh, Eastwood waved the lawsuit off as a dime novel plot, continuing it'll... It's all about money, about getting something for nothing. He accused Locke of using her cancer to gain uh, the jury's sympathy. She plays the victim very well. Unfortunately, she had cancer, and so she she plays that card. Oh, geez. Clint sounds like a real fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Which, anytime I've heard like about his relationships and stuff, he comes off like a piece of shit. Because, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Whatever. Let's see. Uh, I like him as an actor. I like his acting and his movies and stuff, but that doesn't mean that he's not a piece of shit. Uh, Locke brought a separate action against Warner Brothers for allegedly conspiring with Eastwood to sabotage her directorial uh, career. After this happened, the previous lawsuit, this ended as an out-of-court settlement. But then, Locke had by then, Locke had fired Garrity and hired another, I guess, attorney. Uh, she said there was a happy ending. I feel elated. This has been the best day a long, long time. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then she died. So, you know. Uh, 
that's a rabbit hole to go down. Ugh. Uh, let's see. By 2015, after a 25-year period of apparent remission, locks cancer return and metastasize in our bones. So it's a, it's a sad thing. They were together for, you know, like I said, quite a long time. According to court testimony, Locke confronted Eastwood over his passive-aggressive behavior in 1988. Uh, eliciting estrangement between the couple, Locke testified that after she... I mean, you know, I wonder if there's a book that talks about all this. <laughs> I'd like to get down to the nitty-gritty. Because uh, like I said, they were together for a long time. I know she accused him of, like, he got her pregnant, like... I don't know, three or four times, five times or something like that. And he would always make her get an abortion. Let's see. Locke testified that after she and Eastwood made their final joint appearance at the American Cinema Awards, they spent exactly two nights together without intimate contact. And that's hard to believe because Clint was a pervert. Uh, but, you know, once you've been with somebody for so long, you know. Eastwood then effectively vacated their Bel Air, their Bel Air mansion, sleeping in the adjacent caretaker's uh, quarterhouse. So Clint was starting to freeze her out. Uh, Locke thought Eastwood was acting out because he wasn't number one at the box office anymore or because he was facing his mortality. Clint Eastwood was 58 at the time. Ugh. Uh, so, hey, so incredibly old. <laughs> hey, I'm not number one anymore either. So fuck it. Um, let's see. And I sleep in the guest house every night. Uh, let's see. As far as she was concerned, their relationship was still salvageable. Uh, let's see. She called a divorce. Let's see. At any rate, she called a divorce lawyer. Her options of separation unbeknownst to lock, uh, Eastwood eavesdropped on those, uh, consultations by means of wiretap. Okay. So the motherfucker had placed wiretaps on the phones in his own house. So I think that kind of says something there. Uh, Eastwood complained in the kitchen that Locke was sitting on only re the only real estate in Los Angeles and bolted. Uh, Locke later defensively declared Clint is not a good direct is not good at direct communication. He really is a man of few words. Uh, you might as well have direct confrontation with a wall. Uh, Locke was shooting impulse at the time of the lockout. She filed a $70 million palimony suit. Uh, charging Eastwood with breach of contract, emotional distress, forcible entry, possession of stolen goods, forced abortions, and compulsory sterilization were also cited, though Locke uh, would later uh, recategorize those operations as mu a mutual decision. Okay, well, there you go. Um, let's see. 14 years during their... Okay, they were together 14 years as de facto husband and wife. So I don't know if that means, you know, common law, if they had common law out there or not. But again, with the Lee Marvin thing, um, uh, was that Trish Vandenberg? Uh, after he left his wife, he was with her. And that was, I think, the big palimony thing with him. That was the first one where someone, they weren't married, but they were together for so long that uh, the the divorce court, the divorce uh uh, the judge and the divorce court and everything found that, you know, okay, if you're together for that long living with someone and you're the only means of support and you say you're like a famous actor and you don't have your, you know, pseudo wife working, but she lives with you for that many years and you're supporting her that they, you know, will rule in favor of like uh, basically alimony, but they called it palimony. Uh, Locke sought half of Eastwood's earnings and an equal division of property, requesting title to the house uh, in Bel Air and the Gothic-style West Hollywood Place Eastwood had leased to Gordon Anderson. Uh, da -da -da. Locke battled in court 19 months. She developed breast cancer during the proceedings and said that the treatment sapped her of her will to fight. The parties reached a private agreement uh, settlement where... Eastwood set up a $1.5 million multi-year film development directing pact for Locke at Warner Brothers. In exchange for uh, dropping the lawsuit, she was awarded the West Hollywood property, valued at $2.2 million, and $450,000 in cash and unspecified uh, monthly support payments. So, let's see. Uh, the breakup affected Locke's social life. She... Her uh, closest friends uh, had been wives of Eastwood's colleagues. Uh, let's 
see. Locke's friendships with those women gradually faded as her husband's as her husband ghosted her. The female comrades Locke credited with loyalty and support were those that had uh, she had known pre-Clint. So basically, I mean, you know, from to me, um, if he would have gotten her this deal, and it was a legit deal with Warner Brothers. I mean, $1.5 million, fuck, just give her some shit to do. You know, you, you never know. She might have, you know, had a hit or, you know, as far as I, I didn't sound, seem like it was as much acting as she wanted to direct. And, uh, you know, fuck, milk it. I mean, you know, especially if he was paying for it, I'd give her some work to do. If he was paying her, like, uh, through Warner Brothers, uh, I would have fucking just said, okay, go for it. And then it would be funny if she would have had some big hits. Anyway, so, I, I mean, in some ways, you know, I kind of feel sorry for her, you know. Let's see, how, how what was the age difference between her and Clit? Clit, okay, she was born in 44, and Clit... Where's Clit? She was on Kung Fu with David Carradine, too. Hmm. I never really looked, like I said, I never really looked up too much of her um, of her other stuff besides with uh, Clit. Clit, she was 14 years younger than Clit. And, and Clit, Clit has definitely a, a, uh, a type of woman that he likes. Um, if you look at, like, his uh, first wife... And Maggie, uh, and then uh, let's see, let's see. How well I was trying to bring her up to see. Well, I don't know, maybe not. I, I, I was thinking a lot of them. He likes uh, women with uh, very fair skin, and uh, it seemed like you know not a lot of makeup and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. He was at one. That's his first wife, and then there's a second one, and then there's Sandra Locke and Francis Fisher that he has a kid with. Christina Sandera. Okay, so that's, I mean, you know, uh, long-time companions and wives. That's one, two, three, four. That's five. Um, again, I looked up, I, I think maybe I talked about this on the last uh, show. Kyle Eastwood, who was in that movie Honky Tonk Man with Clint, has gone on to become a jazz uh, bassist. And then, of course, you have that Scott Eastwood. I don't know, who was his mother? Skit. Skit Eastwood's mother is Jess Jocelyn Reeves. And, uh, okay, now these ones, uh, Francesca Eastwood, Allison Eastwood, and Kyle Eastwood are his half-brothers uh, and sisters. And the most main thing I've seen him in, I didn't, I'll tell you what, people, I watched that uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. I didn't even get through the whole thing. I didn't, um, I didn't think it was that good. Um... He was in Suicide Squad. Of course, he just had like a small part as one of Rick Flagg's uh, um, Special Forces guys. Um, I did not see Snowden. I saw Wrath of Man, and he was good in that because he was kind of a he was one of um, of the bad guys, but he was the one that was kind of a psycho. I did not see Fate of the Furious uh, Fury uh, with uh, or Furry, as my friend Greg would say. Um, he was in that. But uh, again, just a bit part. Texas Chainsaw. Hey, is that the one with? Uh, that's not the one with Jessica Biel. I don't think with her fine ass. Um. Anyway, let's see. Okay, see. So, who was in that one? Nah, this. Okay, Bill Mosley. I know him. Gunnar Hansen, of course. Uh, oh, okay, this is the one with Alexandra Daddario and her luscious boobs. Okay, so I did see that one, and she looked good in that one. She she kind of was taking, in the one with Jessica Biel, Jessica Biel's ass was definitely on display, and in that one, uh, Alexandra Daddario's uh, boobs were, were, the, were on display. Although Jessica Biel's boobs were on display, too, in the other one. Because that was before she got like really into working out and got real lean, so she actually did have some uh, soft parts. <laughs> Misogyny on display by Doctor Zom. Oh my gosh! I was just talking about Alan Arkin, and all I got to was uh, see Alan. I got off. Uh, got into the uh, Sandra Locke thing there. Probably time to fucking quit.
<laughs> no. Let's see. I wanted to look at some other Alan Arkin movies. Freebie and the Bean was a huge favorite of mine. I love the chemistry between him and James Akon. And uh, that also had Monty Stickles, who was a uh, famous tight end for the San Francisco 49ers and also the New Orleans Saints when they were starting out. Uh, that was toward the end of his career, though. Let's see. Actor. Snorty, doo, doo, doo. where are you, Alan Arkin? Let's go down here even further, even further, even further. Uh, the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming was 1966. Okay, so that was one of his first things. I mean, you have a, uh, a uh, movie short here called That's Me and a uh, TV series, East Side, West Side. Okay. Then the next thing that I see that I knew him in, okay, Inspector Clouseau. Burt Hart is a lo lowly hunter. That's the one with uh, Sandra Locke. Oh, dig it. Uh, Catch-22. I was just, one thing I was thinking was, I wonder when he started wearing a hairpiece because um, even when he was younger, um, I think that he was, he was definitely starting to lose his hair. Okay, Catch-22 I thought was really good. Of course, that's another one with an all-star cast. Uh, good movie. Um, lots and lots of uh, really uh, good famous people in it. But I do, I, I haven't read the book, but I understand, of course, a lot of people say this, but that the book was much better than the movie. It also has Orson Welles in it. Let me, let me look at the cast on this one just to go down through, see if anybody uh, will. Uh, Richard Benjamin, he was always good. Uh, Art Garfunkel. All coming off when he was starting to become actor Art Garfunkel, Martin Balsam, uh, Jack Guilford. Uh, if you've seen you know seventies TV, uh, you know who he is, and Bob, of course Bob Newhart, famous uh, comedian and TV uh, dude, uh, the Bob Newhart Show. Uh, Buck Henry, uh, famous writer, and uh, you know also a com uh, you know a comedic actor, but a, a comedy uh, writer. Uh, Anthony Perkins, Martin Sheen, uh, Paula Prentice, always hot. John Voight, asshole douchebag. Uh, he was kind of an asshole douchebag in this movie. Milo Mindbender, uh, uh, Orson Welles. Let's see. Uh, Suzanne Benton. She played General Deedle's uh, whack. Uh, <laughs> and she was very hot. All the guys were... Uh, were like uh, freaking out when he was giving his speech and she was bending over and stuff. And they were all uh, uh, sexless and horny as hell uh, because they were stuck out on an island in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Bob Bal Balanban, he was uh, on Seinfeld. He was in a lot of stuff, but he was in Seinfeld. Um, and he played, uh, I think, an NBC producer. And uh, they were going to go pitch him and his daughter came in while he was in the bathroom with food poisoning and much much like a uh, uh general uh dreidels or dreidels um hot uh whack uh when um balaban's daughter came in uh she was bending over getting something out of her purse and they could see her cleavage and of course costanza was staring at her cleavage and balaban came out of the bathroom and was like uh, why don't you take a picture, Costanza? Or are you getting a good enough look or something like that? Charles Grodin, who I always liked. Norman Fell, always liked him. Uh, Peter Boners. <laughs> I've seen him in a million things on, t uh, like I said, 1970s TV. You'll recognize him if you see his picture. So that's a, that's a good movie. It's a very dark comedy about war. Let's see. What else do we have here with Alan Arkin? Freebie and the Bean, of course. Again, I like that one. Uh, I think Paul Coslow is in that. He plays Whitey. And um, let's see. Yes, Paul Coslow. Alex Rocco is in this. Uh, Valerie Harper, she plays uh, Bean's um, wife, and she's really hot in this. And they have a giant... Um, uh, Great Dane, which is funny because Alan Arkin has a very bad uh, temper in this movie, which is funny. And um, uh, there, uh, uh, James Conn just fucks with him. <laughs> so it makes him mad. Loretta Swit, always uh, hot lips. So anyway, I like that. If you if you haven't uh, seen Freebie and the Bean, you definitely need to see it. It's funny as shit. It's uh, probably one of the first buddy cop movies. 
And that brings me, that reminds me that we're, uh, my movie that I was going to write called Buddy Cock. Uh, never got around to that script. I started it, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe one of these days. Uh, let's see. Alan Arkin. The In-Laws. Serpentine uh, with uh, Peter Falk. They remade that one, but uh, that's an Arthur, uh, Arthur Hiller okay, uh, movie. See, I mean, all these movies I could go down through and say, okay, if you've seen this guy's picture, you'll know who he is. You know, of course, what is Ed Begley Jr.? Uh, Paul L. Smith, who was always an intimidating looking dude, uh, beat the shit out of uh, Brad Davis's feet in um, uh, Midnight Express. But um, uh, definitely, the, the uh, in laws is a, um, a uh, fucking classic. So you got to see that one if you haven't seen it. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's that banner keep coming up for? Saying elsewhere, I watched that show when I was a child. Well, not a child, 1983, but I was in high school. Uh, what else? Alan Arkin. <sighs> I'm getting tired. Maybe this will only be an hour show. But I'm getting tired. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, of course, uh, was a, a nice comeback. I, ne- I still have not seen The Rocketeer. Uh, so I need to see that one. Everybody that I know tells me that that's really good. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, I have not seen, but I know of, of course. Um, Havana, I heard that wasn't very good, but I'm always interested in uh, that time period. Uh, that's a Robert Redford movie. I'm always interested in that time period uh, in Cuba before Castro took over. Let's see, who else is in Havana? I think I rented that and then I didn't watch it or I started to watch it or something and didn't finish it or I can't remember. Uh, it's got Tomos, Tomas Milian in it. Uh, Lena Olin, who I always found to be very hot. Alan Arkin, who else? Tony Plana, you've seen him in a lot of stuff, I'm sure. Let's see, who else? Meyer Lansky is played by Mark Rydell. That's something I, I have, a, I read a book about Meyer Lansky and watch a lot of uh, mafia stuff, so I would be interested in that. Uh, Richard Farnsworth, always liked him, old cowboy actor. Uh, let's see, is there anybody, any other, um, I wanted to see if there's any other, um, what do you call it, uh, characters that I would recognize, because it's, like I said, it, t- it takes place in Cuba. I was wondering if there was anybody, like, you know, somebody playing Castro. Okay, this is Sidney Pollock, too. But this was a, this was a bomb, um, let's see, what's it rate? 6.1 out of 10, but this was a bomb. Um, let me see if we can go down here and find out some information. We'll get to some trivia here. I always like reading straight off of Wikipedia for you guys. Because I want to make sure that my information is correct. So I go to Wiki. Uh, actor Raul Julia appeared in a significant supporting role in the film without credit, or billing uh, for the film. He chose to be uncredited because producers and contractual reasons could not accommodate uh, Julia's request for him to be billed second alongside Robert Redford as the top two above the title. Uh, uh, Credits had already been signed over uh, to first build Robert Redford and second build Lena Olin. And third bill was given to Alan Arkin. So he was in the movie, but he was not credited. That's kind of odd. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, not too, man, I'm getting tired. How much time we got? Okay, let's go for just a little bit longer. And uh, maybe I'll do some more tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. I'm just, you know, I don't know. It's just sitting in this chair. Again, you guys know how I fucking hate sitting in a goddamn desk chair. It fucking makes me start my back and everything start getting fucked up. Uh, Doomsday Gun was really good. That was an HBO movie, but it's a true story uh, uh, based on um, the life of Gerald Bull. And um, he uh, created this, um, instead of making missiles and stuff, he developed these huge guns, uh, almost like huge cannon-like guns uh, with huge barrels that could shoot like a long way. So uh, say... You know, and he would sell them to whoever. And the thing was, like, say somebody like Saddam Hussein or something like that, uh, they might not have accurate uh, long-range missiles, 
but these big giant artillery pieces that Bull created. And I mean, I'm talking like the fucking barrel would be like as long as a fucking like a pipeline. It wasn't like one of Hitler's, you know, giant um, howitzers. This thing was um, almost like just this long ass fucking tube uh, or pipe that went on for, for, you know, I don't know how, how far, but then the, the projectile would be able to, to build up so much speed that it could shoot long, long distance. And um, the Israelis were none, none too happy with Gerald Bull. Uh, and uh, Alan Arkin plays one of those uh, Israelis. Kevin Spacey is also in this. Very good actor, even though he might not be the best human. Clive Owen is also in this. Uh, let's see. But I've watched this a bunch of times, and I have it on VHS. A, a very good movie. Very interesting movie. I think they may have done a 60-minute uh, the new show, sixty minutes. They may have, they may have done a uh, a uh, show about Gerald Bull on that, and then what happened, and blah 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 blah. So I married an axe murderer. Have not seen that. Yeah, I'm starting to fade here big time. So I might uh, maybe call it a day for now. Go in and watch some TV and rest up and recreate. Probably just watch TV. And, um, okay, Little Miss Sunshine. I did see that, and I like that. Um, that was pretty funny. We'll see. And starring Pancho Villa as himself. I saw that. That's Antonio Banderas. Very good movie about, um, although Antonio Banderas looks nothing like Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa looked more like, uh, you know, the people that, uh, what was his name, Wallace Beery. Somebody like that that played him in the old movies, uh, and Antonio Banderas, of course, is fucking one of the, at that time, one of the best looking guys in the fucking pl on the planet. Uh, let's see what else do we have here for uh, Sunshine Cleaning? I thought was very good. Uh, Get Smart um, with Steve Carell and um, what's her face, who I think is very hot, Anne Hathaway, very very hot, very just very not like, I mean she's sexy, but I think she's a very beautiful. Uh, Alan Arkin. That was I loved that show back in the day. That one also has The Rock in it. Dwayne Johnson, Terry Crews, Terrence Stamp, James Caan, Patrick Warburton, Bill Murray. Um, let's see who else. Da, 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 da. But I loved that TV show, and I had a big crush on uh, Barbara Feldon, uh, Agent Ninety Nine, on the uh, old TV show when I was when I was a little kid. Uh, but this is Steve Carell, uh, Anne Hathaway, and Alan Arkin. So that's a, that one's a pretty good one. Action comedy. It's worth a watch. Uh, Marley and Me I did not watch. Thus, I did not cry, from what I understand. Well, let's see. What else do we have here? Argo. I thought that was pretty good. I'm not a big Ben Affleck fan, but I liked uh, It's a True Story. I liked the story, and I thought it was done really well. I, I, I like that one. Stand Up Guys I did not like. That's a kind of a douchey one where... Um, uh, or no, wait a minute. I thought that was the one with Vin Diesel. No, this is a different one. Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, Alan Arkin, uh, Julianne Margulies. Uh, let's see who else. Mark Margulies. Is he related to Julianne Margulies? He was in. Um, he was the guy in the wheelchair that had had the stroke in uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, and I don't know if they're related or not. Julianne Margulies. Oh, no. Well, shit. What the fuck am I talking about? They don't even spell their last name wrong. She's Margulies, and his looks more like Margolis. It's probably Margulies, too. Bill Burr is in this. Uh, Craig Sheffer. I always liked him, even though some people... I don't know what his deal is with his... I think maybe he cheated on his wife or something. It was some kind of a deal like that. He cheated on his wife when she was pregnant, or he cheated on his wife... Uh, but there, when I mentioned that I like him, there are some uh, people that I know that can't stand him because they said that uh, something like that, that he did something like cheated on his wife or something like that when he was on, was it Angel? Let me look. What's the scandal here? Craig Sheffer. Because he kind of disappeared uh, from movies, but then he was on TV a lot. Angel, and then he was on that uh, Bones, I think. Uh, Craig Sheffer scandal. Is there a scandal? I'm just putting a scandal and see if anything comes up. 18 shocking secrets about One Tree Hill revealed. One Tree Hill, Sophie Bush, you got. Uh, 
Okay, he was on One Tree Hill apparently, which I don't. I never watched that. So, Craig Sheffer. Okay, let's just go to his wiki and go down to his. See if it says anything about his uh, personal life. Craig Sheffer was born in Pennsylvania. Da da da. Spouse Lee Taylor Young. It doesn't say anything about the scandal or anything or anything about his. Maybe it does, and I'm just going to see it. Uh, they don't have a lot of stuff on here. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I liked him in Some Kind of Wonderful. That was a really good movie. I really uh, That was then. This was now. I liked that one. And I liked the one with um, uh, A River Runs Through It uh, that Robert Redford directed. It had Brad Pitt. Uh, let's see. God damn it. Now, there's got to be a scandal. Okay, so what's going on with this wife here? Let me look her up and see if there's a scandal. Personal life. Oh, hey, oh. I don't even. I don't even think it's. She married Ryan O'Neill. Well, this must be an old lady. Now, how the hell? Oh, well, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. I thought that said. Okay, it says spouse. Craig Sheffer, spouse, Lee Taylor Young, and I click on that, and she's seventy-eight. So did he marry like an older lady? Because when I go down here and I look at her personal life, I don't see that she's married or was married to him. Taylor Young married Brian O'Neill, her Peyton Place co-star in 1967. Their marriage produced a son, Patrick. Uh, Lee and O'Neill divorced in 71. Maybe this is another lady by that name because it... Either that or he liked getting with a, but it doesn't say that that's who it says on here that Craig Sheffer's spouse is Lee Taylor Young for one year and divorced. It started in 2003, divorced in 2004, but it doesn't say anything about his personal life, of anything about like his relationships on his Wikipedia. And like I said, now he is. 63, and that lady is 78. So I don't know. Let's see. Okay, let's go back and see if we can find out some more dirt on Craig Schaffer. <laughs> What's some dirt? Okay, okay. Da, 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 da. I'll put in Craig Schaffer cheating scandal. Craig Schaffer sleep with me, Bobby Wygant archive. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. He looks like kind of like uh, like shit there, like if um, what's his face from um, oh uh, not Antonio Banderas? What's fucking that was in uh, Snake Eater? Lorenzo Lamas. He looks like a Lorenzo Lamas's. Like if um, Patrick Swayze had that brother that was. Um, what was his, Patrick Swayze's brother, you know, that looked like Patrick Swayze if they made like uh, too many copies of him and it was distorted. That's what uh, Craig Sheffer looked like. He looks like um, um, Snake Eater's brother who is not as good looking. Snake Eater. Okay, let's, God damn it. Okay, wait a minute. Okay. Personal details. Okay, it says Lay Taylor Young and parents Rock Schiffer. Okay, his name is Sheffer, but his dad's name is Rock Sheffer, S-H-I-F-F-E-R. Trivia. I got to find out what's going on. Why these people didn't... Wasn't he on Angel? Or no! Craig Sheffer was an Angel. That was a different guy. I'm, I'm fucking going down a rabbit hole that, that, for a different rabbit. Who was Angel that was on Bones? That's not Craig Sheffer, you dumb fuck. Uh, Bones star... Uh, and um, that is, what's that guy's name? David Bor Boreanaz. Boreanaz? He, but he's got a scandal. Okay. Jesus Christ. I wasted all that fucking time looking for Craig Shefford's scandal, and there's no scandal because it's not even who I was talking about. And I'm sitting there saying that shit, and you guys are going to listen to this and be like, Jesus Christ, that's not even... He wasn't... Craig Sheffer wasn't in Bones. 
Um, scandal. Scandal. Shooting at the walls of heartache. Bang, bang. Uh, Boreanaz reportedly had an affair with Rachel Yucatel while his wife was pregnant. Okay, so there we go. The goddamn fucking rabbit hole is closed and the scandal is out in the open. So, now, has he ever been in a goddamn movie? Because with, with Craig Sheffer? Let me see. I'll put in his name and then put in Craig Sheffer. Maybe they're brothers or something. Images of David Boreanaz and Craig Sheffer. Are David Boreanaz and Craig Sheffer related? That's a question that people ask. Craig Sheffer changed his last name at age 18 so as not to be typecast as Boreanov's brother. <laughs> I think that's a joke, isn't it? Um, what happened to David Boreanaz? He's 53. He's starring in that. Okay, yeah, he's on that, that show about the Navy SEALs, SEAL team on, on CBS. Okay. Who's Rachel Yucatel? Was she like a, a uh, reality star or something? He have a son. He's got a son, Jaden Rain. Ah. But it's pretty shitty when you cheat on your pregnant wife. That's like, uh, uh, what's his name, cheated on Uma Thurman when she was pregnant. So it's pretty shitty. I mean, Jesus Christ. Get one of those um, electric knives with a fucking pocket pussy on it. You can find one down at the, uh, at the um, evidence locker at uh, Charles Bronson's police uh, squadrant or whatever. Okay, I'm going to shut it down for now. Um, I'd rather um, just do like an hour episode and then, uh, like I said, maybe do another one tomorrow than sit here and, you know, feel like shit. I, I don't feel super like shit, but I can just tell like I'm just stiffening up like an old um, potato chip. Okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Boo.